This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 27. We're dealing with uh, Jacob and Esau and Jacob working his plan with his mother to steal his brother's birthright. And as if that really is possible, but he's working the plan and the plan's working and and they're going through with it no matter what. And it is one of the most famous stories of the book of Genesis. I can't say it's even close to the most famous. There's a, There was a flood and uh, there was a tower and uh, there was a garden. And there's a lot of other stories. There was a mountain and a ram. And there, there are lots of other stories that are easily probably uh, more more famous, more important, more, more stand out more than this story. There's also a stairway to heaven or a, a ladder to heaven that we're going to see later on. There's some great stories in the book of Genesis, and this is not one of the great stories in the sense that uh, it's not really a good story. It's a bad story. It's a terrible story. And it's a story of humans trying their best to um, to make God's will for themselves. And I do want you to see that, and maybe I've not emphasized that enough over the last two days as we've been studying through this. You you trying to force God's will to happen in someone else's life, or you trying to force God's will to happen in your life, in many ways is a mirror image of witchcraft. It's trying to come up with a spell or the right saying or using the right items, techniques, maybe having the right ingredients to the potion, and then boom, God acts on your behalf. And uh, we do that. We do that in worship. I always show up, God. I'm doing exactly, I'm being who I'm supposed to be. I'm always at church. I say the same prayer every morning. I say the same prayer every evening. And if you're doing that so that God will bless you, I'm telling you that it's more akin to witchcraft than it is to to what God really wants is the relationship. And uh, you say, I'm not supposed to pray in the morning or in the evening. Yeah, you are. But are you talking to God about your life? Are you talking to God about what you've seen of him at work in the world around you? Are you, excuse me, are you talking to God? And there's usually two to follow. Are you talking to God about uh, about what he's doing and what he desires? Are you seeking out his will? If so, then that's not witchcraft. That's a relationship. That's the context we walk with God in a relationship in. But if you're trying to figure out how to manipulate the situation so that what your perception of God's will is or will be, first of all, you're manipulating, and manipulating is never good for relationship. It's never, ever good for relationship. Can I say that again? Manipulation is never, ever good for a relationship. It, it is always destructive. It is always manipulative. It is, it's, it's just, it just, it's ugly. And it just never works out 
in the context of a relationship. Now, encouragement is one thing. Helping somebody or someone see the possibilities is something that's real. But trying to manipulate their thoughts and their heart toward what God wants or what you perceive God wants for them, it just never, ever works out the way you really want it to work out. It always ends up being something that is ugly and can be very dirty. And ultimately, it usually leads to someone engaging in something that's clearly sinful or clearly outside of what God's character and nature would indicate would be what God would want. And if I have to deceive a little bit in order to get God's will, then I'm going to do it. That's just not biblical. That's just not biblical. You can't say, I, I am going, I'm working in the midst of God's will, but I'm doing exactly what's against his nature. You can't do God's will and not do God's nature. You got to do both. And and by the way, one of the things it also causes is you missing out on seeing God do the miraculous or seeing God do the things that you didn't imagine that he could or seeing God do things that you just didn't even know that he, he would be able to do or would want to do in your life. When you're constantly trying to manipulate others and trying to manipulate God, and you do that too also. You can't get away from that. You do try to manipulate God. When you're trying to manipulate those things, when you're trying to force those things to happen, when you're trying to cause those things to take place, uh, you're missing out because you're the one who's trying to work out not God's will, but your will. And so you miss out on seeing God's will at work. And God's will always ends up doing something new and amazing, something his mercies are new every morning. His, his grace is enough and all that stuff that we talk about. I like to see it actually at work in the world around me, don't you? And if you do, well, stop trying to manipulate what God's going to do and what's going what's to happen. Let it happen. That's not what's happening in this story. In verse 18, it says, so he, and that means Jacob, went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Now he's giving him a chance to come clean. He said, Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. It, it just, there's no way this can possibly be in any way inside the will of God. It just can't be. God's will and God's plan for each individual is going to be worked out. You don't have to lie and connive and manipulate to get it done. He said, I'm, I'm Esau, your firstborn. That's just a lie. That's not the truth. He said, I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that you that your soul may be may bless me. And what he's saying is, I'm doing what you told my brother to do, and I'm trying to sneak in and get the blessing. That's just plain and clear. And he is he is he is working the plan that his mother put about. And by the way, moms, I know you want your children's best, and I know you want to see everything work out for them. And uh, that, and you get in there and you try to work the right potions and say the right words and manipulate the right things so your children can have the best. And th that is born of your desire for their very, very best. There's nothing wrong with that. But will you let God handle them? Will you let God open doors for them? Will you let God be in control of them? Encourage them. Show them the possibilities. Talk to them about all the great things that they are. But don't come up with, with a plan that is just clearly not right and try to manipulate something to happen because you can't manipulate forever. Eventually, it all works its way out. And he says, but Isaac said to his son, verse, verse 20, how is it that you have found it so quickly? My I, Isaac's no fool. He's smart. He's saying, I just sent you out to find me some game and make me something. And now 
You've come back just within a couple of hours. How'd you even find anything to shoot that quickly? I expected you'd be gone for most of the day. I expect to have a really big meal tonight, not at lunchtime. How did you get that done? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Now, that there we go. There is the turn of phrase, as we would say in the story. That's the pinnacle turn. That's where you that's where you have totally deceived. You're in the process of deceiving others, and ultimately you've come to the place where you deceived yourself. And he has deceived himself. His mom brought him this opportunity, and he is saying to his dad that that the opportunity availed itself. And God's the one that's in the midst of this. And he is ultimately in the process of deceiving his fathers, deceiving himself. And you're going, it worked. No, it's not going to work. And you're going to see very quickly over the next few Bible studies that it's going to cost him a great deal of his life. In fact, it's going to cost him most of the next two decades dealing with himself and what he is, what he is doing here, which is just really a manifestation of his own character. And don't be deceived about yourself. If you have an aspect of your character that's really not good and really outside of God's will, when Paul talks about taking the Lord's Supper and if we judge ourselves, we're not judged, what that means is if you see an aspect of your character that you judge to be detrimental, that you judge to be outside of God's will, that you judge to be something that is destructive in your own life, deal with it yourself. Deal with it. Now, God's going to help you through it. But deal with it. Be real. So many times I deal with people who have struggles with all kinds of things, and that ultimately ends up with criminal charges and things like that as an attorney. And when I'm dealing with someone like that, when we really just sit down and talk, about 90, 95% of the time when I talk to a client who's got criminal charges against them, and some of them even bad criminal charges, as we talk and we discuss and we go through it, and I just delve in deep and Why'd you do this? And what was the purpose in this? And all that. Eventually, I get down to the core of the person. And you know what? I really like them. I end up really liking the person. I re- end up really liking who they are. They And generally speaking, in that moment, because they can be real, open, and honest, and they know that there's confidentiality there, that I'm not going to tell anybody. We're not going to discuss it outside. Oftentimes, they really come to terms with themselves, and they say, I have this problem. I got this issue. And that I don't like the problem or the issue that they got, but I really like them. I really see them for who they are and what their struggles are and what their difficulties are. And when you see a person in their struggles and difficulties and you can help them actually come to terms with those struggles and difficulties and actually begin to do some stuff to change those things, when you can do that, man, what a powerful thing that is. And God's in the middle of that and he's working it out. But the truth is you being real about who you are and we're all sinners. We all have We all have our failings. We really all come from our parents and everything else. We struggle with that original sin that's passed down from Adam, and it just keeps on being passed down from er to everybody else, and it it manifests itself in unique ways in our lives. When we're real about it, oftentimes God can really work it out in our lives, and he's going to work it out. He is, because you're his vessel. You're the one he chose. You're the one who he's placed eternal life in, and so he's the potter, and he's going to fix that pot. He is the the master craftsman, and he's going to make his masterpiece, and you are one of his masterpieces of grace. And so he's going to make it work for you. And so why, why not Why not when he reveals it and makes it obvious to you that you have this struggle, why not accept that? Why not receive that and allow the work to be done in you? And it may be even your work and allow that work to be done in you and work it out and allow 
allow your life to be changed and your life to be made new and all that hope to be to be real. Why not do that? It's a good thing. And it is. Really, it's a good thing. Isaac's going to have to do that over the next 20 years. And sadly, this story is that he actually thinks this is in some perverse way God's will. He says, and he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Notice, he, he's saying, it's your God, and this is God's plan for you, and I'm manipulating everything and lying, and, and I've even brought God into the whole thing. And you just, uh, that's just wrong. It just ain't right. If you're from, if you're not from the South, when something's just really not good, not right, not, it's wrong, we just say, it ain't right. It ain't. And this ain't. It just ain't right. It ain't right. He says, Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Isaac's, he's figuring things out. He's not really, he's not really buying the story. And so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Yeah, because he's tricking you. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother, brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Then he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. And those are, those are very important words there. I am is, is the phrase that Jesus uses to announce himself to the Sanhedrin, to announce himself to the guards who come to arrest him, that he is the, he is God. It's the name he gave himself on the mountain when Moses comes up to see him in the burning bush. He tells them to tell the people of Israel that I am sent you. And I am is a word that means I was, I am, I ever shall be. It's, it's past, present, and future. It's in its tense. It's all of them. And it says that I exist. I am God and I have been. And that in a philosophical way is very important because what he's saying is before time began, before anything began, I am, I exist. And, and that means that I always have been and I'm the initiator of all things. And Jacob uses this to trick his father Isaac and saying, I am. And that's going to cost him a lot of life because he's going to have to really deal with it. And so he said, bring it near to me and I will eat it my son's I'll eat my son's game so that my soul may bless you so it brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank and that's a picture of fellowship but it's fellowship in the wrong way it's a picture of him taking care of his father but he's taking care of his father in deception and does that really ever work for our best and the truth is no it doesn't I would say to you seek out God's will for your life don't try to manipulate what you want to happen and call it God's will. Seek out God's plan for your life and for others and help people see all the possibilities that is in their life. Help be, a, be an encourager. Speak words of truth into other people's life. Speak words of knowledge into other people's life. Speak words of hope into other people's life. But don't try to manipulate them into doing something that even in your best of intentions, you think is the very best. And I'm going to say the more influential you are, the more able you are many times in a person's life to manipulate them. And I do my very best not to ever be in the position of manipulating someone. I really, I really don't want to see that because I realize my manipulations, first of all, don't work. Second of all, it tends to destroy my relationship with them when they get to the place where they actually find God's will. And third of all, it's just not fun. It's not enjoyable. There's nothing good about it that comes from me. 
and for you, all the gifts of God to somebody, someone, but let God reveal to them who and what he wants to do in their life. And I promise you, he will be at work in their life because he didn't put, didn't put you in their life for no reason. You're there to be a support. You're there to be a rock. You're there to be strength for them. And, and you're there to, to find God's will for yourself in the context of even that relationship. So don't manipulate. Don't manipulate. Allow God to reveal himself in due season at the right time in your life and in the life of others and enjoy God for who he is. And he is a God of new things. He's a God of new works and he got, he's a God of new beginnings and he will be that for them also. I expect that'll be the case for you, that you'll learn how to do it and do it well. And what I mean by doing it is doing God's work and not doing your own manipulation. And as you learn to do it, you're going to see big things happen for you in your life, and you're going to see great things happen, and you're going to see your life being used by the hand of very of God himself. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.